I'm TJ Walsh, and you're listening to the Bold Creatives Collective podcast. Take a front row seat to hear conversations with successful musicians, producers, actors, visual artists, designers, directors, marketers, and more, and learn about their perspectives and approach to leadership, creativity, innovation, and growth. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody, it is TJ, and tonight we're going to have Michelle Kishida, and she is um, one of my friends. We met, um, I don't know, probably a decade ago or so um, at the University of the Arts, where we're both, where we both seem to hang around. Um, she's still there um, advising students, teaching students, and really being a mentor for a lot of, for a lot of students there. Um, I was, I did my undergrad at UArts and um, did a stint doing various things there before I opened my private practice. So that's where Michelle and I know one another. So Michelle, thanks so much for hanging out. So good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Um, thanks. Can you give us a little bit of a glimpse as to who you are in a nutshell and what you're about? Yeah, so I'm a painter and I um, and I have a very active studio practice, but I also have a full-time job at the University of the Arts yeah. and I have a part-time job <laughs> at the University of the Arts. And so having all those things happening at the same time is a it's a lot. It's a lot to juggle, right? Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> You feel yeah. like you're running around with your head cut off half the time, I imagine. Yeah, well, it's really funny because I find that the busier that I am, um, the easier it is. Does that make any sense? It's almost like you're forced to really do some good time management when everything's happening at the For same sure. time. So I find that I can manage it a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah. Very weird. I guess that's sort of maybe in a nutshell, that's who I am. Yeah. Um, the person who does the best under pressure and um, yeah. 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 I can, I can relate to that a little bit. I think when I, when I stop and I'm not doing something, when I'm not thinking, even, even just thinking about an idea or thinking about doing something, I have difficulty, right? I feel like I feel like I'm just stagnating, but when I feel like I'm running from one thing to another, um, I feel invigorated. I feel alive. And it sounds like that's a little bit of what you're talking about for yourself. Yeah. I mean, it can be exhausting uh, too, but um, I don't know. Maybe I just wouldn't have it any other way. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've been keeping this pace up for a long time. Yeah, right? it's true. I mean, I graduated with my master's degree in 2010 and I just hit the ground running and I've been sort of nonstop on my, um, on my practice since then, you know? Since then. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, you know, you, you, so you went, you went to UArts for both your bachelor's of fine arts degree and your MFA, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. And then from, and there was a, there was a gap of time, right? Between your undergraduate degree and your master's degree, right? Yeah. Like a huge gap, um, like 13 years. 13 maybe. years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe and, 13 years. And was it during that time that you lived overseas? Is that when you were, because you did some? Um, I did a lot of things, actually. I graduated from the University of the Arts, and then I became a professional. What they, at that time, it was called professional tutor. Um, and I worked full-time at the 
at the university. And then I opened a shop in Paoli with my best friend, Joan. Oh, and, wow, right. Why did I not know that? I didn't know that about you. Well, you know, I'm like an onion, TJ, like an onion. Um, We're going to peel back some layers. <laughs> like um, but yep, I had a store in Paoli and I did that for two or three years and I loved it. It was great, but I, it just, it wasn't my path. My path was to leave the country, <laughs> to just pack yeah, up and leave. And, and that's what I did. And um, I, it seems like I'm, you know, not really happy unless I'm complicating my life. So, you know, <laughs> right. I ended up complicating my life by going abroad. And it was funny because I talked about it in my class today because um, we were talking about culture shock and right. that, and you know, that was a super reality. It's like, I want soy sauce. And then you go to the grocery store and there's like an entire aisle of brown liquid. And you're just like, oh my mine, God, which of these brown, brown liquids do I need? And <laughs> what, why does anybody need this many brown liquids? I don't know. I don't know, but they're there <laughs> if you want them. So how long were you, were you overseas? Were you out of the country then? I, I only lived in Japan for two years, but it was, it was a really like, I don't know what to say. It had such a deep impression um, on me right. and it's, it's really carried over into my entire life. And after I came back, I was going back to Japan almost every year. Um, and then that sort of stopped happening because life was happening. And then um, I think the last time I've been to Japan was 2016, but I'm supposed okay. to be going again in, uh, in January taking a group of students oh wow it's gonna from be the university a, yeah that's awesome it'll be that'll be a really great trip and it's yeah. like an exposure trip for them to take in some of the history and the culture of japan art and the and all of that right yeah it's gonna be amazing i mean i took a, a group in 2016 and we're like a family i still stay in touch with them they most they've all graduated you yeah. know so it's yeah, yeah it's a fun it's fun so so there was that gap of time you did a bunch of things and then you eventually decided probably i guess around 2007 or so to to go back mm -hmm. your begin your mfa um yeah. back at uarts again and i guess you were working at uarts at the same time so that made some sense for you to do that program mm, no, no the, the mfa came first and then I got into the MFA program and then there was an opening. I don't know. It was some, I don't remember exactly. I, I think, I think uh, there was an opening or something. And I was like, I want to teach at university level. And I, I reached out to some people and then they hired me while I was there. So it, that happened first. So that happened yeah. first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so there's these, there's these, I, I know like it's, it's you're one person, but I know like two two versions, two versions of you, right? Um, and they're not all together that different, but there's this version of you who is the painter, who is like this, this business person who really wants to get her shit out into the world and, yeah. to, and to show up and to like yeah. have things, have things out there and, and really support your lifestyle from making art. That's like your calling. That's your, that's your purpose is to be a maker. And then yes. there's this other person, there's this other part of you that is um, this, like, I see it as a pretty, like, extreme advocate for 
for students and for mm -hmm. students of the arts in particular. Um, and like so much so, and I mean, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to like embarrass you or anything. It's like okay. That, just like I don't think so, it's possible. Okay. But so much so that like, you know, a bunch of years ago, you um, started a fund, right, at UArts. Oh, yeah. Um, to support students who like legitimately can't like make ends meet and mm -hmm. they're somehow still trying to show up to school and function as a student and be successful and move forward in their dreams but they're like homeless they're like not homeless uh, or having to make the decision to buy paint or toe shoes instead of groceries right. i mean this is not I mean, this is not where anybody should be. You can't get an education. First of all, you're paying this extraordinary amount of money to have an education, but you can't have an education if you have if you have food insecurity or housing insecurity. Right. Um, yeah, that that fund was the start of other things. Uh, the university's taken over, and um, they've started a different kind of it's not a fund as much as it is um, it's called cares. And, you know, so students can, it's like a food pantry and it's uh, they've done some really great things. So that was a nice jumping off point. And then, and then it's grown into this other, this thing, other that, thing. Yeah. That I'm not really a part of anymore, but, but right. it was good to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think, it just it just shows how much you care about the student and how much you care about their ability to um, have as much of an even playing field as possible, right? Cool. You know? Yeah. Right, and and to be able to show up and like hopefully as much as possible only think about being a student and developing their and developing their voice and being able to to start making making their voice heard. And like yes. I said, if they're unable to like feed themselves afterwards, after studio class or whatever, yeah. you know, how are they going to show up? Yeah. As a student, right? And you've done so many different things um, for, for kids, for students, um, you know, over the years. What is it like that gets like, why, why do you care so much? I mean, why? Like I wish somebody would tell me because it would make my life a lot easier to not care, actually. You yeah, know what I mean? Of course it would, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would, it would really be a heck of a lot easier. Um, and, but I don't know what it is. I think I've just always kind of been that way. Um, and I do, I mean, students who work in my studio as interns or, whatever end up being sort of lifelong, um, you know, they end up being friends, you yeah. know, like I have people, I mean, and, and some of these people, um, they knew me back when I was a yelling professor and I'm not a yelling professor anymore. I yell on the inside and I scream yes. on the inside, yes. but back then all that just came out and, yeah. um, and but they no longer does it explode in, in the classroom. <laughs> No, but actually, but those, but you know, those, and when I tell those students, like, I don't yell anymore. They're like, what? I don't believe it. And it's, you know, but those, but they stuck around. So, I mean, I guess it worked for them. And I guess that's really funny because 
when I was reading the thing for this talk and it said stuff about tough love and all that, I'm like, what's TJ talking about? And I'm like, mm, it's totally on brand. <laughs> I think the way you're packaging the tough love and the way you're package, packaging um, the, 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 the way you uh, interact with people and students is different now, it sounds. It like. is. It, it has to be. The students have changed. And so I have to change. You know, um, I have to be able to serve them in the way that they need to be served. Um, but I don't know, there's just some things that I never, that never change. And it's like, uh, you know, you have to, it, and I, it, this sounds terrible because there's a lot of, you know, artists out there that are gonna think that this sounds kind of cold or um, whatever, but you have to just get beyond whatever it is that's holding you back and do and do the thing. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm I'm having a and I'm sorry, TJ, because you definitely, uh, you know, give therapy, you're a therapist and stuff. But like uh, for me, it's just like you have things going on and you're sad or whatever. It's, mm, I'm having a bad health day. And it's like, mm, it's, I don't care. Bad health does not get me my money. And so I have to put that on the back burner. And I have to do the thing. And then I had then later when I come home after I've done the thing, then I can cry my eyes out. You know, it's um, and I think that I worked in a grocery store for a really long time to put myself through school. And when you're working with people, you can't show them. And even as a professor, I can't show people that I'm sad or that I'm having a bad day because I have to show up. I have to be there for them to do the thing. And it's not the customer's fault that I'm having a bad day, you know, so I have to treat them the way that they need to be treated. And then later I can have my nervous breakdown, you know, so I've, I'm sort of well-trained at this. Right. Well, I don't hear you saying that you're your bad day or your the stuff that is really eating at you is unimportant or or illegitimate right like there's so many things that we're facing today yeah. um, as people that make it really difficult to function and operate in the world yeah um, and there's there are people who want to help you through those things right mm -hmm. like yeah. therapists coaches yeah. right other types yeah. of people who can really help but also at some point I, I i really do believe um like you that the only way i don't know the the correct statement but i'm just gonna say the only way through is through right like yeah. the only like you, you have to really start to take take steps right especially yeah. if you have a goal that you're trying to meet and something as difficult or as challenging mm. right as a professional studio practice yeah and like and the the big the big the the news here okay is that you have to be incredibly comfortable with being incredibly uncomfortable you know like you can't um showing up for yourself like it's really easy to not show up for yourself because showing up for yourself means that you have to be uncomfortable a lot of the time. Yeah. Right. And you have to put yourself in, in the same way that like, well, I'm, I'm feeling sad today. It would be more comfortable for me to stay in bed or sit on the couch and, and watch 
episode after episode of something, right? right? And um, that would be the comfortable thing to do. But, you know, life just keeps moving, right? Right. And you can stay still for only so long and you have to, you know, what's more uncomfortable, being sad with money or being sad without money. And so like, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be like, um, I want to go out and get that money and I can be sad too, but now I can be more comfortable being sad. I don't know. That sounds terrible too, but, um, but at the same time, you know, you, you have to find your priorities. And, and the other, the other thing too, is, you know, to go out on a limb and talk about this, you know, I see a lot of artists who don't want to spend the money on things. Right. And they, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of bad vibes around money. Mm. And, um, but if you're spending money on paints, right. And you're spending money on, and and just to expand it on marble, uh, on toe shoes and the trains going by now. So I'm sure you hear that. Um, uh, any, anything that you need to invest in to be able to do your craft. Okay. Um, is something that a lot of artists are willing to do because it's a part of the thing that they need to do to create. Okay. But if, and, and if you have no interest in selling your work, or making money from your work or exhibiting your work or performing or doing anything like that. And it's just something you do at home. Great. But if you do, and you're serious, then you have to think about all of the other things that you need to spend money on in order to, or invest in to be able to, to get to the end goal. And so, you know, do you need a coach? Okay, coaches are expensive, but in the long run, you have somebody who's coaching you and then you make more money, right? And then that pays for itself. Or you need a PR person, you know? PR people are expensive, but if they help you to get to that end goal, you do it. Um, And as long as you're committed. Yeah, as long as you're committed. And I think, you know, money in general is such a difficult topic. For so many of us, right? Yeah. And it's 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 money is like a symbol, or um, like uh, yeah, it's a symbol for so many different things, right? In our life that mm-hmm. like attach itself to that like yeah. green piece of paper, and yeah. so when we start thinking about spending money or making money or saving money or the money we have or the money we don't have, right? Pretty soon we're not we're not actually talking about you know, the money anymore. We're talking about a bunch of different things, right. That we have to kind of like wade through and crawl through. Um, Childhood and, you know, parents fighting over money and then that trickling down to like money's bad or, you know, it's a, there's a lot kind of tied into it. There's a lot tied into it. Right. And so at some point I really hope, and, and I'm doing, I'm trying to do this, this work on myself um, too, like as I'm starting, as I have multiple businesses now and I have a family and I have, you know, I like to like spend money on artwork and stuff that's expensive and collection. So like, what does money mean to me? Do I really trust that if I put money out for, um, education or expense or like 
put money into my business? Is it going to come back to me? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and you're saying the same kinds of things about, about artists, right. And, and creators, um, right. Can you, like, I know that we don't make that much money right away. Right. Yeah, it's hard you, to push through that with like a, a looser fist. Right. And kind of mm -hmm. say, okay, I'm going to invest this over here and I'm going to trust that, you know, something will happen and it will come, it will come back to me yeah. and multiply. Right. And it sounds like that has been happening for you. Absolutely. In some ways um, yeah. recently. Right. Like I know that yeah. a few years ago you started working with a coach yourself and yeah. really was like, oh, my God, like this is like a lot of money. Right. But I'm going to like hold my breath and I'm going to go in yeah. it, and I'm not going to shit around and yeah. I'm not going to like, you know, yeah. waste it. I get up. Around. Yeah. TJ, I get up at 5 a.m. And oh, you're part of the five o'clock club. Isn't that a thing? There's like I a guess, thing. I guess it is. I mean, I, I got to be real honest with you. Even if I didn't get up at 5 a.m., I would get up at 5 a.m. <laughs> I'd get up at 5 a.m. I'm like sort of having like an internal farmer clock or something. Okay. Um, and my dad's like that too. But, um, you know, I get up at 5 a.m. I spend two to three hours on professional practices, whether that's emailing people or uh fixing my archive or um, making a plan for the week or, you know, something like that. And, and I commit to it. And are there days that like, you know, I have a sunrise clock uh, because I couldn't take the beeping and stuff anymore. And so the sunrise happens. I'm like, Oh, Ugh, yeah. I don't want to get up, you know, and right. or whatever. And then I'm like, get out. And then I just roll over and I do it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to do it every day, but I mm -hmm. have to do it every day. Um, I, I recently got an, a, a solo exhibition in, in Chelsea, which I'm really excited about. Um, and the it, photos look beautiful of thank the space you. and of the installation. It looked really great. Thanks. I mean, it's like a blessing and, you know, that's like the universe working its mysterious ways. And it happened within a two week time frame, And, um, and so I, I couldn't do my professional practices because I had to go to the studio. I was in the studio for 10 days, uh, 12 to 14 hours a day to make wow. that show happen. Wow. And um, because I had, older work. So the work spans from 2014 to now, um, okay. I mean, a couple weeks ago, because I was working on it. Right. Um, I wanted to make sure it was such a big opportunity and a really incredible chance for me to, to be able to do that. And I just, I just put my entire focus on that. But what happened is that my sales took a giant hit. And I, I mean, a giant hit. And so that told me in this, it, I'm not complaining because, you know, the, the hit's fine because theoretically the thing that I did will make up for that, you Come know, around, right. Um, but the thing that that tells me is that everything that I'm doing every morning, getting up, showing up for myself, you know, doing the work, it matters because, every every month that the sales are happening and then the one month where i was like doing this other thing the sales that it stopped right it, it stopped 
And already right. it's like, I'm back on again. And so it's like, oh, look, I'm having sales again. So, it, so you know, it tells me, it, it's just like, it's like proof positive that the things I'm doing, doing work. Mm -hmm. um, and I can still be, I can, you know, and the, I think the other thing too, there are a lot of people, you know, hearing me talk a lot about money and art that some people sell out and all this. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, like, I don't know where this came from, you know, that like, that my creative stuff isn't worthy of sales. You know what I mean? Like right. that, I don't know where that comes from in people. It's like my creative health and well-being is worth um, the sales. I can do that. I can still be creative. I can still do all the things that I want to do. I can be risky. You know, I can try something completely new and I'm right. always reinventing my work always. Um, and because for me, I get bored. Oh my God, I get so bored. And, and, yeah. you know, and even though they, my work in, in different things, they look, uh, they look related. Um, they're, they're different in their own way. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and putting myself out there, like doing residencies, residencies, I always, thought residencies were the dumbest thing. I'm like, why do I want to pack up my incredible studio where I'm comfortable and see that word right there? Comfortable, right. right? And haul all that shit to someplace else like yes. Russia. Yeah. Hi. And like, why do I want, yeah. Like, why do I want to do that? You right. know, like what, why this is the dumbest thing. I really did not want to do residencies. Um, and I did three in one year, like within a year's time span. And, um, but the thing I found was that, you know, the first residency was a printmaking. I did printmaking and the stuff that came out of that was like so unexpected and so exciting. Was that, and, the, Iceland, that was the Iceland residency? Was that no, no, no. The New Mexico. The New Mexico one. Right. Okay. Yeah, New Mexico. And then, um, and then I went to Russia and then that work was completely different. And I did, I did all digital work mm -hmm. for that show mm -hmm. and, and made video and, and worked together with, um, with Pasha. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. And, um, and then, then I went to Iceland and I did like this other body of work. Right. So this, so really, um, getting out of your comfort zone and I mean, in, going to different countries that can be like super uncomfortable, especially if you don't speak the line, I don't speak Russian. And, you know, and I, and thank God for Pasha, because honestly, I, I just would have just been walking to go buy water and then just going back into the space. And then just like, just like very, just not going too far, you know, right. um, probably, probably because it was just, it was so overwhelming and there's like no English at all. Right. At all. Um, it seems like, yeah. if I can, like, I'm just hearing you talk about getting out of your comfort zone. How, how, if you're like finding that you're saying, Oh, I'm pretty comfortable. That's probably like a sign that, you know, you should, you should do something like it, it sounds like over the course of, you know, the past several years, especially, but really your whole journey has been like throwing away stuff that, you know, people tell you that you should 
do because this is how it's always done or why yeah. would you like why would you go here and do this when you can do something just maybe as good here um and just saying like no like that's not what i want that's not what it's going to get me to where i want to be and so yeah. i really have to like totally take take risks but like, you know what yeah and but you know what's funny is because i didn't know that the residencies were going to have that big impact on me and the only reason that i did them was because i wanted to get these other things like these grant things the grant, and right right and they're like have you had do you have residencies do you have this and i'm like no i don't have any of that and so like then i was like all right shift gears let's get some residencies so that you can then go back and do this other right. thing to get grants and then i didn't know how important the residencies were going to be and i was looking at it like this right where do i have friends okay well my best friend lives in new mexico Right. residency in New Mexico. Oh, I want to see Pasha. Let's go to Russia. You right. know, oh, Nikita, she lives in Iceland. Let's go to Iceland. Right. And so I looked at it as a way to do like international friend travel, but then it was so much more than that. You yeah, know, it also ended pour up into your practice and push your, propel yourself yeah. forward and grow. Yeah, it was so much more. Yeah. yeah. So like we're talking right now on like a, a particular, a particular level. Like you're somebody who is like, you know, this is her livelihood. This is, you know, um, this is what she does as a career. Right. And there's some people in the group that are totally like on that wavelength. Right. And that's what they're mm -hmm. doing where that's where they want to be. But then there's other people who aren't necessarily like interested in that. Like that's not why they mm -hmm. make, right. That's, you know, they're, they're creative, they're an artist or uh, an artist of some form, right. For, for different reasons. Right. Yeah. Can you boil down like a little bit to like, you know, the basic, like if, um, like I'm formulating this as I'm talking. So like the, there, there's some basic concepts I think that you're talking about, whether it's like, um, whether it's the career artist or the just creative person who wants to just really be in practice for themselves, right? yeah. the basic things that we need to be doing. Basic things. Just, um, okay. I'm going to say it again. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because yeah. being uncomfortable jumpstarts your creative juices, right? Yeah. You have to give yourself problems to solve so that you're always coming to the table and coming with new things. And so, and so like, I never, and this is like, I never get, you know, creative block. You know, people talk about, oh, I'm blocked, I'm blocked. I, right. I never get this because um, maybe, maybe I get frustrated with something, okay. right? Like yeah. I'll be working on- You differentiate that from being blocked. Frustration is different for you than- Yeah, I just don't get blocked because there's just so many things. So I have, I might have a few paintings up on the rail at the same time and I'm working on one and right. it's, ugh, but it's like impacting me to the point where like, I don't want to work on any of them. Okay, fine. I go over and I sit down at the desk and I pull out some paper right. and then I start working on a paper piece, something loose and free that I don't have to worry about, or yes. I'll go over and start, 
reading something. You you know, so for me, it's always about just you have to keep in motion. You have to keep doing things. And like maybe the paper pieces that you're doing loosely and not caring about so much, not putting a bunch of effort in, you might mm -hmm. discover something and go, oh, that's the thing that's missing over there where I was being frustrated. I was caring too much or this or that. I need to go back over there now and start cooking on that again. And so it's just about sort of staying in motion and, um, and trusting, trusting that it's all going to work out. You know, you're frustrated about this piece or you're not doing good on this over here. Fine, fine, fine. It's all going to work out. You just need to like go over here and do something else yeah. for a minute. Yeah. So I'm hearing be, be okay with being uncomfortable. Keep moving. Keep being in motion. Yeah. Right. And trusting that it's going to, you know, you're going to end up with something. It's yeah. going to work out. Yeah. And, and you never know because, and oh, I would be totally remiss if I didn't. Uh, mention writing, uh, you know, because writing is such a huge part of what I, I do teach writing. And, yep. um, and writing is an enormous part of a creative practice. And I would encourage everybody to grab a journal and just nobody else has to see it. But mm -hmm. If you can start to put things um, into writing, into language, when you have to do those things, you start to think about your work in a different way. You start to discover things about your work that you didn't realize before. Yeah. And um, are you saying that you're writing particular things? Like, are you writing about your work? Were you writing about your work and other stuff? Like when you say keep a journal and be writing. Mm. Yeah. Mean? So I actually mean about the work. So, the work. Yeah. so my recommendation is when you walk into your studio space, if you're working on something, the very first thing, look at it with fresh eyes. Jot down some notes, maybe some things you want to do to it. Yeah. Why do you want to do those things to it? What are you liking about it? What are you not liking about it? Put it away. Mm -hmm. Work, 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 work. At the end, take your journal out, write some more things about what you're seeing yeah. for the next day. Yeah. And um, and that's the other thing, too, is you have to have a, a like a daily practice. Right. Practice, right? Yeah. So writing daily practice, even if you sit down to write an artist statement about work that you're not quite sure of, you're going to really start understanding what you're doing if you have to put it into actual words. Right. You know, um, something happens, you know, when it's sitting up in this sort of ephemeral space. It's like yeah. a wish. It's not concrete, you know? Um, and once you bring it down into this concrete version of itself, you know, like in this like language, you can begin to understand it better. Understand it better. Yeah, yeah. You're helping your brain connect things, right? I right. mean, it's, it's really hard. I think sometimes people mm -hmm. think that they should just be able to like walk into the place where they paint or they make or they you know, write music or whatever, and and just like spill it out there, right? And I guess there's some people who can do that, but for the most part, all of the artists that I work with, um, either in coaching or in therapy, right, pretty much like can't just walk in, and that's where frustration happens, right? That's where they start to feel like, oh, I'm a nobody, I suck, like I'm never going to amount to anything, right? But then I'm like, well, what is your daily practice like? What is your um, what is your process about? Right. And they're like, Oh, well, no, I don't really have 
something concrete, right? Well, yeah. like maybe that's what we need to start doing, right? Taking yeah. little steps. It doesn't have to be gigantic things yep. right away, right? But just little steps that you can say, you know, I'm. this is what I'm going to do every day to try and push myself forward. Yeah, even, you know, like, on your phone, yeah. right? There's little things where you can draw with your finger, you know? So instead of sitting on the bus and like flipping through Instagram, just like do some quick little cute sketches on your phone or, you know, just to keep it going. And also, you know, uh, it's also important. I mean, this is a little bit aside from what, you're, what you were talking about, but you know, you have to be a, a careful and passionate observer of, the life around you, the things yeah. around you, um, because that's really like the next step. I, I drove my dad home the other day. My dad came home from Phoenix okay. and, and I drove him back to his um, place in central PA. And I was just like, Oh my God, dad, look at those colors over there. Oh, I wish I could take a picture because I need to like put that in my brain and I want to use that, those colors in my next painting. And so I'm always kind of looking and going, Oh my God, those colors are, you know, yeah. I'm always, it's just constant, you know, even childlike looking at things through like a childlike lens, right? Where yeah. you know, everything is new or everything is, everything has the potential to be something. Everything's, ex yeah. everything has the potential to be exciting, right? Some of it is legit boring shit, right? But like, yeah. you know, you can kind of look <laughs> if it hits you, right? You make a note of it or take a picture. Yeah. Um, we're getting, there's a few comments here. Oh, so. great. One person says, I see the influence of your residencies in your paintings. Oh, so great. That's that's working for you. That's validation right, right. there. <laughs> um, and then someone else says um, that they love the writing part of your studio practice. Um, they say, I'm always writing um, if I'm working on my art. So that's, that's somebody awesome. else who can kind of validate that, you know, that's an important thing. They go hand yeah. in hand. Um, and then let me see there was a question so michelle so happy for your exhibition in chelsea were you invited to the gallery in chelsea or did you apply for a solo exhibition yeah so when i tell you that this was just like a gift from the universe because i was just putting all my creative energy into my um like studio and trying to get out there it it literally was just a gift it fell into my lap Mm -hmm. And, and it, and it's the biggest, most incredible opportunity to fall into my lap. And because also my work is going to be going to China for two, um, art fairs. So awesome. Okay. Yeah. This year, 2021 or yeah, in June after the show, show ends in May and then work, uh, I don't know which works yet are going to shaman, I guess. And, um, I apologize to all Chinese speakers and um, and then and then in November going to the West Boone um, Art Fair in Shanghai. And there's also like this old thing that I want to tell everybody, but like I totally can't. It's kind of a secret right now, but just it's going to be coming soon after the show's over. There's a really exciting, exciting thing awesome. that I want to tell everybody. There's so but, much going on in your, in your life right now. So much. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I just got a great commission. So I, I I'm just like, Oh, things are good. But, but, but okay. It just fell in my lap, but I can tell you, all right, that I send, uh, 80 to 90 emails, uh, 
a week <laughs> and I do reach out to galleries, but you have to pay attention because I have a gallery in Texas now and they commented on some of my pieces on Instagram and I just saw that and I was like, oh, that's a gallery. Let me look them up. Right. Do I work there? And then, yeah, okay, good. Let me reach out to them. I So I DM them and then da, 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 da. Next thing you know, I'm in that gallery. So it's, you know, it's a little bit like paying attention to what's going on. And then it's also reaching out and yeah. building relationships. Um, but then, and as long as you're like in that flow, um, you know, other stuff comes to you. I was also contacted. There's a, like a, opportunity in madrid uh i don't know i've got some stuff going on so like let's see listen though like what what it is is like you're saying this thing the chelsea thing like fell into your lap i don't you know maybe insofar as the actual like thing but like, right. i don't think it's that it fell into your lap right no. it's like you've been like doing so much work right yeah. you've been no it's true you know and like building relationships right starting with you know and cultivating the relationships that you've had for a long time right and responding to people not being afraid to put yourself out Ooh, there yeah yeah yes things just don't show up right no 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 no. i i know um and definitely like if i wasn't working on the work and trying to make it better they wouldn't have been interested at all but but i but what i mean to say by that is yeah. i did not reach out to them yeah. But also that's, but the way that they found me, you know, I did this other thing, right. That I was like, ah, oh, this isn't really working out. Maybe I don't want to do it anymore, but it was like, it was like web time, you know, it was out there like my stuff's out on this other space and yeah. that's where they found me. And if I had canceled that, if I had not done that, then I, they wouldn't right. have found me. So like, you just have to like, and you know, Oh, my friend Ada uh, Trio talks mm. a lot about not saying no, and uh, mm. like you know, and she she was showing her work at a place um, that was just like a little school kind of situation, like a little room in a school. But she's like, "Yes, I'll do it. I'll do it." And the Philadelphia Museum of Art bought two pieces out of that show. So it's just like. That's amazing. Yeah. So like the things that you're not quite sure are going to bring you something, you know, maybe do them and see where it takes you. Yeah. Um, yeah that's also another thing. Like just be open be to open. possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Be open to possibility. Don't say no because you think you're beyond it maybe. Oh, definitely that. Yeah. Right? Because that'll come back and kick you in the ass pretty hard. Yes. yes. Um, right. And be generous. Like I'm like – you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of being generous and being nice and being kind. Um, and not always those things, but right. No, but no, none of us, none of us are, are always that way. Right. Of course not. But I think if we can remember to be generous and kind, um, right. That gratitude. relationships, right. Have gratitude. Gratitude. I, I, every night, before I go to bed, I sit down, have a little book and I write down all the things that I'm grateful for in the middle of the day. I'll talk about things I'm grateful for. I'm always, always talking about gratitude. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Man, this was awesome. Thank you so much for spending the, the 45 minutes here with us. Like I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed hanging out with you. I always love our conversations. Um, 
And I always love the, I'm really grateful for the feedback that you give me on my work. Um, it's so I still really like that one painting. I don't know. Still, it's still upstairs. It's still upstairs. Right. I'm still thinking about um, it. Yeah, but like it's really helpful for me to like get that feedback. I really respect your eye and your generosity with offering your your criticism and your um, comments. Um, so yeah, anybody who um, wants to kind of follow along with your journey and stuff, I put your um, website up, but where can they find you other places? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram at Michelle Kishta. Uh, that's where you can see things in progress and things that I'm doing. Uh, I also have a writing business, so you can find me at michellekishtawriting.com. Um, I'm a little busy for writing right now, but you know, maybe, maybe. Uh, She's and, awesome at like, you know, making sure your shit looks and sounds good in terms of presenting yourself. Cause that's, we didn't really touch on it um, too much, but like how important is it to like show up with your statement well done your bio well done like everything speaks about who you are as an as an artist right and everything needs to be tight and so yep. you know you're you're really good at at like looking at something and saying like this needs to be tweaked or this can be different yeah so they yep. can find you at michellekeshadowwriting.com yep okay and um yeah but i mean if you Google me, there's like a whole bunch of stuff out there. So just Google just it. it. Oh, I'm part of Post. Uh, I'm oh, part yeah. of Philadelphia Open Studios, yep. uh, stu Open Studio Tour. Uh, mine is next Wednesday. Okay. So if you register, um, you can come visit my Open Studio virtually <laughs> from anywhere in the world. So right. if you guys don't know about uh, Philadelphia Open Studio Tours, um, just Google it. I don't know the, I think it, I don't know if it's .org or .com or whatever, but Google it. There's tons of studios, tons of artists throughout Philadelphia. We live in such a vibrant arts city. Um, and there's something for everybody and post does this amazing thing. Is it all virtual this year, Michelle? Or it's all it virtual. I think some people are having some in-person things. Um, I'm probably going to be doing an in-person thing on my own, uh, coming up this, maybe this summer. Because um, I have a fancy new studio, I want people to come take a look at it. And I have air conditioning, so. Hey, come on in, right? Awesome. Cool. So lots of places to check you out and see what's going on for you. Um, for everybody else, remember to go to boldcreativescollective.com. And there is a freebie available for you from me. It's called four ways to create or four four steps to grow your creative life. Um, you can get that sent to you in an email. Um, so that's boldcreativescollective.com and then invite your friends to um, join the Bold Creatives Collective on Facebook. Um, I'm hoping that this will continue to grow and it will continue to generate um, valuable content. Michelle, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me.